join us this morning at our worship hour. We thank God for you coming again this morning. We thank God for those who joined us at our Sunday school hour, uh, Abraham's Faith. We got a beautiful lesson this morning and hope that each and every one enjoyed that. But those of you that are joining in on Facebook, we do thank God for you coming in this morning, joining us again. We are again going to have a, a little music this morning by Roy and the Revelations and hopefully we'll be able to get into our worship. Yeah. 
Want me to feel you through? Israel. Mm -hmm. 
And he answered and said, I have not troubled Israel, but thou and thy father's house, in that ye have forsaken the commandments of the Lord, and thou hast followed Baal. Now therefore send and gather me all Israel unto Mount Carmel, and the prophets of Baal four hundred and fifty, and the prophets of the graves four hundred, which eat at Jezebel's table. So Ahab sent all unto the children of Israel, and gathered the prophets together unto Mount Carmel. And Elijah came unto all the people, said, How long halt ye between two opinions? Mm -hmm. If the Lord be your God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And all the people answered him, not a word. May the Lord bless the reading and hearing of the holy and the righteous word. You can be seated at this time. You know, that's a place that many of us in the world, we found ourselves at this place and we find ourselves coming short of our destiny. We find ourselves caught between those two opinions, whether we want to do what God has laid upon our heart or whether we're going to do what we want to do. And, and right. we're kind of stuck right there. And, right. and, and places that, that I'm trying to talk about this morning, things that I've tried to accomplish, things that I've tried to do in my own life, things that I've done, uh, tried to do that God had told me to do, some things I found myself coming short because of this place, this, this place that I find myself in. And this place that I'm talking about this morning is a place called Almost. Almost. Have you ever found yourself in a place called Almost and, and, and you didn't quite get to what that destiny that God had, had appointed for you in your life? You didn't quite get to that job that you knew that God had blessed you with? You didn't quite get to that place that you knew that would be good for your own life because right. you were stuck in that place called almost. I, I, I almost accomplished my goal. I almost finished college. I, I almost got married. I almost finished what I started to do. Almost has caused many problems in our lives and, and many times it missed out on the very blessing that God had, had already preordained for us in our lives because we got satisfied with that place called almost. Almost stolen many dreams, huh? Almost and caused uh, many of us to miss out on the opportunities that we've had in our lives. Broken hearts, stolen dreams, destroyed marriages, messed up lives because of this thing called almost. Webster said that almost is, is very nearly, very close, not exactly, not entirely, you know. And how many of us have failed at a thing because we were this close? This close, this far, just a little, not much slightly, uh, just one more step, we would have stepped into the promise that God had preordained for our lives, but somehow we became satisfied with almost. How many of us will realize that, that in this game that we call life, almost ain't good enough, is it? Uh, almost ain't good enough. They're saying that, that I learned while I was in the army. They're saying that, that, that almost and close is good, but when you're jumping out of the airplane, and when you're parachuting out of the airplane, almost ain't good enough, is it? Almost ain't gonna make it when you're dealing with things playing horseshoes. Almost, we we'll call it a leaner, ain't it? Uh, almost got a ringer, but they call it a leaner. But almost is all is pretty good. But, and now we play uh, cornhole. Almost will get you a few points when you're playing cornhole. And, 
to kill one. In certain situations that you are in life, it can cause you to lose your very soul. Almost. All right. Almost. Many of us have been at the brink of success at that point where we'll have the greatest decision to make in our lives, but we quit this close to finishing because of the fact that we got satisfied with almost this close to making the right choice, this close to our breakthrough, this close to be able to finish what God has appointed us for doing our life, this close to getting the greatest reward out of what we've done in our lives, and somehow we're just stuck right at that little place called almost. So if you find yourself in that place called almost, it doesn't mean that you have not made the effort. Come on. Hmm? But don't never get satisfied with almost effort that you've made in your life. Oh, the reward comes for those that really finish and go all the way instead of almost. And I told you, Pastor E.G. Williams told me to be gratified with almost. But don't never get satisfied with an almost effort when you're trying to do the great work that God has appointed yeah. you to do. Amen. So today I'm going to talk to you on that very subject. Almost ain't good enough. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, we do thank you, Lord, for this hour, Lord. We thank you for this opportunity. We come now, stand before you, Lord. We stand here, Lord, standing in the need of prayer. Lord, you know all of us have come short. But we realize, Lord, that you are the fixer. You are the one that can build us up and be able to pick us up and stand us on a solid rock. Lord, we need you right now to stand here with me. Guide and direct my tongue that I might speak what you have laid upon my heart with clarity and understanding where your people will be able to receive it and to be able to do what you have assigned them to do with all complete satisfaction and complete the job that you have given unto them. Lord, we thank you, Lord, and we praise you. This is our prayer in Christ Jesus' name we do pray. Let every heart say amen. You know, what I found out in many lives of Christians today that we are teetering many times on that fence called almost. And, and, and there's nothing that's disheartening, disappointing, and, and discontented, detesting, debilitating, and disagreeable to me is sometimes finding myself at that effort called almost. And especially uh, in, 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 in my newfound hobby, Deacon uh, Douglas Fitching. You know, it, it's, it's good to say that you almost caught a fish. But almost won't feed you, will it? Yeah. Huh? Or it's good to say that you got into the bank and, and, and he jumped off the hook. And, and we always tell, uh, we, we said when we was young, we tell a story. That he was that big. I, yeah. Oh, Lord, I pulled him up on the bank of Megan Hendricks and he was that big. Wait a minute, let me get this right. He was that big. Y'all can see the right hand. He was, he was that big, and I pulled him up, but almost is, is, is not good enough, ain't it? Nope. Almost. I, I'd rather miss it by a mile to be that at almost and, and don't complete it and, and carry it out the way that God, that almost effort, uh, leaves you so empty on the inside, and, and, and you can't find yourself when you got to that point where you, you missed it by that much, and you don't know what else to do. I know that many of you today that you've been at that place called almost in your life, and, and if not for the grace of God, you, uh, you, you, you would have went all the way, but somehow you find yourself that, 
that this far. To be a committed Christian, we have to make a decision of whether we're going to serve the Lord or almost. Come on. Huh? You got to make a decision of whether you're going to serve the Lord all the way or almost. Almost, but ain't good enough, is it? Nope. Huh? We, we got to make a decision or, or we got to take a stand. We got to take whatever comes with it. All of the hardships and all of the burden, it ain't going to be joyous. It ain't going to be pleasing. But we got to be able to go all the way rather than what? Almost. I know Christianity is not a popular decision in many circles of life, but, but so we must expect some adversity. Everybody ain't going to be on your side when you decide to tell them that you're excited about it, ain't you? Excited about, Lord, I, I've given my life unto the Lord. And, and many times, them old friends of yours, you thought that they were going to be with you, but all of a sudden, you find yourself with some adversity coming to get you because of the fact that you, you decided to commit your life to Christ. But what makes a committed Christian from an average Christian, I told you this morning about average, is that you got to deal with some adversity, ain't it? Yep. Huh? you? Got, you got to deal with it. Uh, do, do you take a stand or are you teetering? On that place of almost, huh? Mm -hmm. uh, are you trying to uh, do uh, what a Christian's supposed to do, but then do everything else to satisfy your friends around you, and then you're, you're, at, a, you're at a place called almost. I almost committed to Christ. I almost all right, all right. made my mind to do what He wanted me to do. So you know, you, you know, with King Agrippa, I told you what Paul said. You almost committed or persuaded me to be a Christian, eh? Almost, but almost was close, wasn't it? But almost didn't save it. Huh? And it will never save you, won't it? It'll never help you get to that place where God wants you to be in your life if you sit there teetering on almost. Amen. So no matter how close almost was, King Agrippa was still lost. Hey, no matter how close almost is, you will never reach your total potential if you are just stranded on that place called almost and refusing to take that next step. Come on. Hey, there's another step path beyond almost, ain't it? Yep. Huh? There's another move beyond almost. There's another uh, 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 blessing beyond almost. All right. All right. But how do you know this morning that no matter how much effort you make, almost ain't, ain't good enough, is it? So as we approach our text this morning, we have several personalities that we're going to deal with this morning uh, uh, with different uh, adversarial situations that we come in. And I wish I could preach the whole chapter, but I, I don't have time this morning. But, but the thing is, it's a, it tells a great story and shows us some characters that go beyond average and others just stuck at almost. Uh, uh, to him this wrote, he said, all to Jesus. I surrender. So in order for you to be able to be that what God wants you to be, you got to surrender all, not almost. You can't be stuck on almost. So see, you need to check this word out. I want to give you what God, and that he's an all-time God, but God, all-time God expects all out of us. You know, and, and we need to do that. We give him, which we got to give him everything that we got. Rather than just giving him uh, something that is close to giving our total commitment to him. So almost just what ain't good enough. We must give God our all. Almost is no place in the world, in the hereafter, to find yourself when it comes to your internal salvation. 
they almost will won't won't get you in. It, it'll, it'll, it'll get you in, but it won't get you into the right place. Right. You know, when death knocks on your door, almost is no place for you to be. <laughs> almost decided to follow Jesus, huh? <laughs> I decided to follow Jesus, but what about almost? Decided to follow Jesus. Right. You know, almost alive is just as almost dead, ain't it? Yeah. Huh? It's just as, and whether you're half, they said half empty, half full, almost alive is just as much as almost dead. Yeah. It's almost dead as yeah. almost alive. It, it doesn't matter. You don't want to be in that place. Another place where almost ain't good enough is in our behavior. In our obedience to God's word. God wants total obedience and our total commitment and our total devotion and our almost won't cut it when it comes to us working for the Lord. How is it that when we do things on a secular job, we will pour all of what we got into it, but sometimes when we work for the Lord, we give him. We almost didn't finish that. We give him almost, ain't uh, and then we run across some almost did right, almost treated you fairly, almost obeyed God, almost obeyed my parents, almost loved you, almost did the job, and, and so many almost that we won't be able to get through all of them today, but almost still doesn't make the grade. Almost is close, ain't it? But no matter how good almost is, almost still ain't never good enough. Again, I wish I could preach the whole chapter, but the, uh, in earlier in the text in our lady, uh, Elijah had some confrontations with Ahab and Jezebel, and our text this morning is one of the most dramatic and powerful stories in the Bible. Our text starts off with God speaking to Elijah, telling him to confront Ahab and tell him that it's going to rain. In the previous chapter, God brought a drought on the land because of the sin that Ahab had brought upon the land. And Ahab told Obadiah, his servant, that, had, that he would save the hundred prophets by hiding them in a cave and feeding them bread and, and, and from Jezebel's even table. And he intended uh, to, uh, uh, Jezebel intended to kill him all because that he feared the Lord. And to help him find water so that their herds wouldn't die because of the famine and the drought in the land. Ahab will go one way. He said, Obadiah, you go the other way. And while they were on the way, Obadiah met Elijah. And Elijah told uh, Obadiah, go tell Ahab that I'll meet him over here. Mm -hmm. Obadiah said, I'm afraid that. That, that when Ahab come and he ain't going to find you here because you've been hiding all along and if you go and can't find you and he's going to realize that I, I hid those hundred prophets and Elijah would, would be gone and when Ahab come to meet him here then he'll kill me. Uh -huh. Elijah promised Obadiah that in a way that he would tell him that, that he would be there when Ahab got there. So Obadiah went back to tell Ahab what Elijah had instructed him, and, and Ahab went to meet Elijah, which brings us into our text this morning. In our text this morning, we realize that adversity demands us to make a decision. When, when you face the challenges of life and you get to that place of almost, you got to make a decision. That, that crossroads between your success and failure, you got to make a decision. The main three characters in our text this morning uh, had adversarial confrontations and, and had to make a decision on which way that they were going to go. 
Uh, with adversity, there comes fear. Each had to overcome that fear that, that had confronted them in order for them to make the right choice. See, yeah. some, some face their fears, but others allow fear to corrupt their thinking. Yeah. Obadiah overcame his fear while facing the threat of death when he hid those hundred prophets there. And, 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 and then he hid them from Jezebel. And he overcame his fear when he came back to tell Ahab to inform him that Elijah was there waiting for him. Elijah overcame his fear of Jezebel and he went to face Ahab after running from this wicked woman. Can you imagine he can he, 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 he killed 400 prophets, but he ran for one month. Yeah, <laughs> Where you laughing at, Deacon Henry? Huh? <laughs> the girlfriend had to be rough, ain't it? Huh? So then we come to Ahab, who, who allowed the fear of his wife and the people to cause him to disobey God. He feared his wife and the people more than he feared God. Think about that. Uh, he had stayed straight away from God and, and he was at that place and that almost started looking good. Huh? Have you ever got into that place in your life that when you strayed away from God, so don't act like you ain't strayed away from God. Everybody in him. You done strayed away from God for once or in your life. You strayed away from God and you got to that place that almost started looking good, ain't it? Yep. Hmm? You remember the boy that found himself in a peak pen? Yep. Huh? Found himself in a peak pen and after a while the peak pen started looking good. And once you get into a place where, 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 where the problem of your degradation starts looking good. You in a bad place in your life, ain't it? Huh? Almost looked so good that he, he got satisfied with it and he refused to be able to go. But I like what the Bible said that he came to himself. Huh? Huh? Have we allowed fear to put us in that place called almost being a prisoner? Have we allowed fear to call us to almost commit to God? Have we been stuck at that place called almost so long that we see others uh, as the cause of our problems we start playing the blame game? Huh? Uh, this is where Ahab found himself this morning in our text. He found himself at, at, at a place that he decided that why I am must be somebody else's cause of the problem. Huh? Uh, have you ever had some stuff happen in your life, instead of saying, it's me, it's always got to be somebody else. And the devil get a whole lot of accusations, don't you? Yeah. Oh, the devil made me do it, huh? Yeah. Huh? You got to take some accountability, huh? So we're stuck at that place called almost, and Ahab found himself there. I'll text that this morning, and, and, and it came to pass when Ahab saw Elijah that Ahab said unto him, Art thou he that troubleth Israel? Mm -hmm. uh, see, many of us in church, we raise so much hell that we can't see the hell that is in us. Mm -hmm. uh, so no, Y'all missed that. I, I need to say that again. Yeah. So many of us in church, we raise so much hell that we can't see the hell that is in us. Yeah. Huh? Uh, we, can't, we, we can't see the faults of everybody else. Yeah. But we some reason can't see that our own faults. 
So it's the accountability is on who? You. On you, eh? But we can identify what the problem is, but there's always somebody else's to blame for the problem. So if God showed it to you, maybe you're the one that's got the accountability to do something about it. Amen. See, my hope is this church, yeah. we'll get past that almost state that we find ourselves in, and we're all together. Start serving the Lord in the good times and the bad times because almost just ain't, ain't good enough, is it? Look at our text. Elijah puts the blame right where it should be. Our text says that he answered, I have not troubled Israel, but you and thy father's house, in that you've forsaken the commandments of the Lord, and thou have followed after Baal. Come on. Elijah hit it on the head, didn't he? Elijah was quick to tell Ahab that it wasn't me who was the problem. It was you. That almost attitude that you got, it got you in the problem in Israel in the shape that is in them. It, it was you and your father's house that caused all of this problem that come upon you in your life. See, we are no better than Ahab when trouble comes our way. How can you blame God when you are living outside of his will? Mm -hmm. now. Uh, the Bible is very explicit when you forsake the word of God. Uh, church folk, we always quoted uh, 2 Chronicles 7, 14. We're always quoting that. But go down to the next couple of verses. Uh, go down to the next uh, verses 19 through 29. Said, but he told you what happened if you turn. If you turn, he'll open up the windows of heaven. He'll pour out the blessing upon you. He will be able to heal the land. He'll be able to take care of you. He'll do all of those things if you turn from your wicked way. Yep. But he said that in verse 19, if you turn away and forsake my statutes and my commandments, which I've set before you, and ye go and serve other gods and worship them, I'll pluck them out by the roots out of the land, which I've given to them in the house, where I've sanctified in my name, will cast them out of my sight, and will make it a proverb and a byword among nations. And this house, which was high, shall be astonishment to everyone that passed by it. So they said, why has God done this unto his land and unto his house? And it shall be answered, because they forsook. The Lord God and their fathers, which brought them out of the land of Egypt, and have laid hold to other gods, worshiped them, served them. Therefore, he has brought all this evil upon them. Yep. So you wonder why churches are going through what we're going through today. It ain't God's fault, is it? Huh? God doesn't deal with bad luck or happenstance or, or just happened. God don't do that. God got to have some legitimate reason to be able to bring some smoke. And when he brings some smoke, you got to realize that something must have happened that didn't please him, ain't it? Right. Huh, the local church can't blame the devil anymore. We can't blame the devil. But he says, upon this rock, I will build my church in there. Gates of hell will not prevail against it. God got his church. But long as we are operating within his will, when we are operating outside of his will, sometimes things will happen in the church. God will bring turmoil on the church so that we can be able to understand our wrong and then turn back to him. See, what's happening in our churches is an inside job, ain't it? Huh? It's an inside job. God is telling what Elijah told Ahab, it's not me. God is telling us it's you. It's you, and, and it's me. See, I ain't putting all the blame on y'all. It's what? It's me. Huh? 
we're causing the trouble in the house and, and, and it's an almost attitude that we have that the devil will find a way to work in. Yes, he will. Anytime you're at a place called almost, the devil is right there waiting for the right opportunity to be able to come into your marriage, to come into your family, to get into your house, to get into your head. When you have an almost attitude rather than an all-together attitude, an all-to-Jesus attitude, he will find a way to creep in and with his... See, the devil don't do no tricks. He just do illusions. He, he'll make you feel like, you know? I told you all about this young lady that I, I remarried a couple of months ago. She got to that place said that uh, that I thought my husband was running around on me. See, those are what? Illusions that sometimes the devil put in your head to make you unfaithful. Huh? You know, and, and, and sometimes we can't listen to that. Don't listen and entertain every voice that's speaking to your spirit. Because every spirit is not the spirit of God. He said, try the spirit by the word. We always said try the spirit by the spirit, but the scripture said try that spirit by the word. When you know the word of God that is in your life, that he will come in and give you some help in the time of the season that you need him. So that almost attitude won't get us any points, except for pinching pennies. Anybody? See, some of the girls, y'all don't know about that, but us boys. Y'all, y'all, I see digging resident. We, we know about pitching pennies, ain't Corn holes and horseshoes. But when it comes to life, almost ain't, ain't good enough, is it? Then Elijah called a church meeting. Elijah called a church meeting with everybody attending. The good, bad, and the angry. Huh? Hey, hey, look, church meeting is invited to everybody. Yep. The good, bad, and the ugly. Everybody gonna come to church meeting. Mm -hmm. You don't find out whether they're good, bad, or ugly until they get there. <laughs> Our text says, Now therefore sin and gather to me all Israel under Mount Carmel, and, 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 and gather uh, 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 the prophets of Baal, the 400 and the 50, and the prophets in the groves of 400, and, and which eat at Jezebel's table. So Ahab sent them to all of the children of Israel and gathered the prophets together under Mount Carmel. See, I found out the best way to deal with all those. Christians is publicly. Come on, yeah, I, I know the scripture said that when you have one that's sin, you go to him and you but that's when you have something that has happened personally. But when stuff happens openly in the church meeting, Come on. you need to take care of that thing in the church meeting. Outside under the apple tree, outside under the oak tree, that ain't going to fix it. You need to take care publicly. So here in our text, he said that I, I know sometimes it's embarrassing when somebody correct you and you know when you fail to address the floor in a PTA meeting, do they take care of it outside the meeting? Or they said what? You need to address the floor. Madam Chairman. And wait till you get permission to speak, ain't you? But why is it that we don't do that in church? We don't do that in church meeting. We just start shooting. Come on, preacher. See, sometimes 
what's done publicly, you got to deal with it publicly. Amen. You, know, you, you can't care for church business on the outside. Huh? Elijah told Ahab to gather all of the church folk, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and bring them to Mount Carmel, and so they can be able to address this thing once and all. Once Ahab got all the church folk together, Elijah said, how long will you be torn between two opinions? If the Lord be your God, follow him. If Baal be your God, follow him. And the people answered not a word. Ain't it amazing? Ain't it amazing? How long will you teeter on the fence of almost without committing to God? Uh, you must make a choice right now. Paul told the church at Corinth, now is the acceptable time. Yeah. Behold, now yeah. is the day of salvation. See, some things you cannot put off. You can't put some things off, but, but when your church is all tore up and you need to care for the things of God, you need to take care of those things when? Now. Right now. When your life is all messed up and you need to make a decision in your life right now. See, some things when it comes to church folk, you can better handle, you can't handle it by yourself. Oh, and remember he said, you go to your brother. But if you don't listen, you what? Take another brother with you. And then if you won't listen, you what? You bring him before the church. That's when you have a personal problem. But if he act up in church, you need to take care of some stuff right then and there. Because what that does is let the church know the demanded obedience, demanded behavior that is needed within the body. And if you accept one to do it, what's going to happen the next time? See, some things when it comes to church, folks, you can't handle by yourself. You need to get a group meeting. Make sure everybody's involved. Elijah asked Ahab to get Israel together so everybody could hear the plenty. He asked him, how long you going to be stuck in that place called almost when things are falling all apart? How long are you going to stand around and do what you're doing and don't see things operating in the way that God expected to do? How long are we going to sit quiet and see God's church? Falling down and not being what God wanted to be. And we just come here Sunday after Sunday and we just do the same old thing. Everything will be all right. So he said, make your mind up. Are you going to follow God? He said, if you're going to follow God, do it. Huh? And if you're going to follow Baal, follow him. See, almost following God is sometimes following Baal. Can't make it in the church, ain't it? You wonder why there is no power in your life. You wonder why you don't have any authority in your life. Because sometimes you fall in God, then other times you fall in what? Yeah. Bail, ain't it? And, and we're kind of stuck between that. And just like troublemakers in the church. Have, have you ever had to deal with any troublemakers? I ain't been to Pine Hill that long, so I'm, I ain't going to ask y'all who they are. But have you ever had to deal with troublemakers in the church? And, and, and troublemakers in the church... When, when you really confront them in the church, they ain't got no answer. They talk a whole lot out there. But when they come to the meeting, they sit there. And then they want to bring it up after the meeting rather than bring. See, that's what troublemakers do. They get attention, but they don't have any help resolving the problem. See, the ones that are always talking junk on the outside usually don't have anything to say on the inside. My, my pastor, my 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 my. My, my brother-in-law, Arthur A. Holmes, he, he, they came to the church, and, and they first told him, we got a sister in the church. She's not doing things right. He handled the, 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 
the pill and stick pad. Write it down and put your name on. No, I'm telling you, Pastor. He said, write it down and put your name on. If you are not willing to be identified with what you are saying is not right, it ain't a big deal, is it? Huh? See, remember I said that all those Christians are just like bullets. They, 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 they don't have a bit of nerve in them to be able to stand up on their own. But 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 when they get into a public standing, they, they are all quiet. And, but when they get all alone on the outside, a bully will attack you on the outside of the school, won't he? Yes. But on the inside of the school, he's all quiet, ain't he? Mm -hmm. His teacher's pet. Have you ever seen the teacher's pet sometimes is a big bully? Mm -hmm. You know, trying to... Because he knows that the teacher ain't going to... Have you ever seen a parent that said, that's my son? He wouldn't do that. And that's, got, that's the biggest rascal in school, ain't it? Huh? See, again, we got to know that once we find ourselves acting out at a place called almost, it's not good enough, is it? So as we close this morning, I'm asking the same question to Elijah. How long are we going to stand and watch and stand by and speak? Uh, up being satisfied with things not the way they should be. That's almost saying. Yeah. Things not quite the way that they should be. Mm -hmm. But we won't say anything. Mm -hmm. we, we, we sit and be quiet and, and won't speak up. And then you call the pastor after service. You call the pastor after the meeting. Right, man. And you're willing to talk to the pastor after the meeting, but then you wouldn't stay in the meeting where we could address it. <laughs> Can I handle it? Between you and me. But we can handle it in the meeting, eh? Yep. But the mama I told you the bully, he ain't got nerve enough to say it in the meeting. And he won't put his name on it. But if you got a complaint, put your name on it, eh? You know, how long are we going to stand there and try to be able to be almost committed and not fully giving ourselves over to God? All right. Dr. King, in one of his speeches, he, he, called, he asked the question, he said, how long? How long? Huh? Because no lie can live forever. How long? Not long because you want to reap what you sow. How long? Not long because the arc of moral universe swings toward justice. How long because my eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. He's trampling out the vengeance where the grapes are wrath of store. He's loosed his faithful lightning with his terrible swift sword. His truth is marching on. So Pine Hill this morning, how long are we going to exist hanging around this place called almost without fully committing to God's word? Now, how long are we going to walk the tightrope almost without fully turning ourselves over to the Lord? Hey. It's past time for hey. us. Hey. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about what? Us. To be able to stop playing church but submit ourselves over to the authority of God and then fully commit according to the purpose that he's established us to do. Back in 1940, NBC launched this program called Truth and Consequences. Y'all remember that? Some of the, the, the older people, all of us in here old enough, remember truth and consequences. They'd always ask a question. And then they had Beulah the Buzzer when they would come. And if your answer was right, you know, Beulah the Buzzer would be uh, saying it. And, and then if the contestant could not complete, uh, complete the truth portion, that he'd have to deal with the consequences. So this lets me know that we got one opportunity to get it right. We give God the rightful answer, or we're going to have to deal with the what? The consequences, ain't it? Huh? So if we almost get it right, 
there are what? Consequences, ain't it? Huh? If we almost commit, there are what? Consequences, huh? And, and, and also, you got to realize, almost have some eternal consequences. Huh? Dr. King says, no lie can live forever. So some of these things that we are struggling with, it's going to have eternal consequences. Because that lie can't live forever. Almost effort and its consequences. Almost commitment and its consequences. Mm -hmm. Almost did the right thing, but its consequences. There are consequences that happens each day in our lives because that we got to that place called almost. almost. We almost answered the call. Yeah. Huh? I can say that for myself. Huh? 52 years old getting into the ministry. Whole bunch of years of what? Almost. Almost, ain't it? Huh? And then I got to the point, by the time I come into the ministry, whole other churches say I was too old. I, I waited too old. See, you can wait to that point where you get in your life that some people think you're not worth investing in because you waited so long. Don't wait so long to act on what God has put into your heart. Don't wait so long of acting on what God has, has, has ordained and destined you to do. Your destiny is out there waiting. Don't get caught at a place called almost until you never finish the great work that God has given you. Amen. We got administrators in him. We got people that do home apps. Home care, we got factory workers in him, we got nurses in him, we got people that do office clerical work in him, but almost will never have got you in your place that you had. Mm -hmm. huh? So our, our sexual life has to be reflective of our spiritual life. Yeah. If you couldn't almost do it in the secular job, how can you almost do it when you're working for the Lord, huh? All right. We we gotta have that. See, Jesus came back. He's coming soon. And it's past time for us to get away from almost so that we can be able to fully do the work that God has called us to do. The Bible says that if you confess with your mouth, then believe in your heart. And it says that thou shalt believe in thine heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. He says that thou shalt be saved. See, there ain't no almost answer in there, is it? That it, it, ain't no, it ain't no close answer. You know, that, that it ain't no this far answer. It, it, that you must believe. Ain't it? You got to believe. There is really no such thing as almost Christian anyway. I know I use this several terms. You is or you what? But you ain't. Huh? God looking for you and me to look, make the decision today. And, and, and that we still going to commit ourselves to him while we got a chance. Huh? There's no time for us to be quiet when, when he tells us to speak up. Yeah. When he tells us to take a stand. Yeah. You got to stand on his word no matter how it feels. It, it may not feel good. It may not be popular. But the thing is you got to do what's right in the sight of the Lord. Amen. You, you can't give God an almost answer. Amen. Lord I know you tugged at my spirit. I almost stood up. That's worse than not even standing up at all, man. There you go. <laughs> huh? Give God your all, man. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. And, 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 and if you are at that place, 
is I'm at that place of almost. And I'm stuck between those two opinions. You need to what? Make up your mind today, ain't you? I want to make my mind up that I want to do all I can for the Lord. Yeah. You need to make that mind up today. Yeah. Don't be caught between two opinions. Yeah. We're going to serve God or not. Yeah. We're going to do what's right or not. Yeah. We're going to do our best yeah. for the Lord or not. Because yeah. almost ain't, ain't good enough, is it? So I want to encourage us all. We're doing great here at Piney Hill, aren't we? Yeah. Through the pandemic, we've yeah. done great. We've done good. But there is greater yeah. waiting for us, ain't it? Yes, it is. Huh? We need to not be satisfied with where we are today. Look for the greater blessing that God has in store for us. Yeah. Huh? God wants us to give our all to him. Yeah. And we owe it all, don't we? Yeah. Look what he did for me. I don't know what he did for you. But he reached way yeah. down and picked me up. Yeah. Oh, And for that, I got to give God all I got. Yeah. My daddy used to say, one of the most nastiest jobs on the farm was cleaning out the state. Y'all understand what I'm talking about? Any of y'all have a cleaned out chicken house? Cleaned out the stable? That's a nasty job. My daddy said, throw a shovel full every time the other man do. Don't come in there with an almost effort. Give, if you, to be faithful over a few things. Huh? To be faithful shoveling out of a stable. And to give God your all, can you imagine what God got waiting for you when you start giving your best in the greater work that he has in store for you? Oh, God, God got some great things for us. But we need to be able to go out and give God everything we got. But let's give him some praise right now. Let's see if he can do that. Let's give him some praise this morning. Because almost praise
Let us bow. Father God, we do thank you, Lord, this morning. We thank you this morning for your word. We thank you for this scripture that Elijah showed us that we need to make a decision now, not being torn between two opinions, but let's, not almost, but let's fully, completely, wholeheartedly accept God as our God. And let's lay aside all of those other gods, those mm -hmm. small gods that take our attention where we cannot fully give ourselves to him. Mm -hmm. Lord, we thank you so much. Thank we thank you for Piney Hill Baptist Church. We thank you for each and every member. We thank you for their devotion, their, their strength and their power, their, their help and their love. We thank you for the commitment. We just thank you for all that you have done in us and through us. But we know, too, that there is greater work along with a greater blessing that you have in store for us when we are able to go all the way. Lord, we thank you now, and we praise you. May the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, may he rest, rule, and abide with us henceforth and forever, and let the body of Christ say, Amen. Amen. God bless you. We'll see you again next week.